Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. For me to love my wife, it's the best thing I could do for her and for me. For her to submit to me, it's the best thing she can do for me and for her. Because again, God has set things up to to work in certain ways. And when we rebel against those things, when we resist those things, when we reject those things, we find that people that go down that road, they end up not so happy. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Colossians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through chapter 4, verse 1 in a message titled, Living the Faith at Home and at Work. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter or harsh toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke or exasperate your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So here in these verses, Paul is talking about, obviously, he's talking about the marital relationship. He's talking about the family situation. And he's talking about life in the context of employment. Their context was the the slave master context. Um, But even that was more like the employee-employer of today. So in our next study, we're going to take a deep dive into what slavery looked like in the first century and in biblical times versus what it looked like in the Western world and the United States back in the early days of the country. And we're going to look at that specifically because it's a real big issue today. And many people are pushing against the Christian faith, because they say the Christian faith supports slavery, which it absolutely did not. But we will talk about that in detail next time. But for our purposes this time, we're going to look at the servant-master relationship more as we would understand the employee-employer relationship. So we begin with these words, verse 18, wives submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. The ancient world had many similarities to our world today when it came to the relationship between the sexes. It was a male-dominated world, but that domination did not go uncontested. So the idea of a wife submitting to her husband was for some as untasteful then as it is now. But remember, Christians, 
are to be different and are to live according to God's design. Now, let me, let me say this. Think about this. If God's designed something, it's good. I mean, that's kind of like a given. It, it's sort of a, a no-brainer. Whatever God makes is good. Now, certainly that can be what God has made and what he has intended can be distorted and it can be corrupted. But I just want you to remember from the very beginning what God has made and the the structure and the order that he has set up, it's good. So when the Lord says to a wife to be submissive to her husband, this is a good thing. It's good for the wife. It's good for the husband. It's good for the family. It's good for the community. It's, It's good all the way around. But of course, we have to make sure we understand what it means and what it doesn't mean. So, but just for clarification, this is indeed God's order. But let's talk for a moment about what it means to submit. The word submit conjures up in many people's imaginations the image of a downtrodden woman, the victim of her husband's every whim, unable to be herself or to think her own thoughts, to make grown-up contributions to the relationship. And the fact that there are still a few places in the world where women are treated like this is enough to make some people suggest that this is what the Apostle Paul intended. But nothing could be further from the truth. And we even see that in Paul's life experience himself, but we also see it in the parallel passage because right after Paul says, wives submit to your husbands, we're going to see the next verse is, and husbands love your wives. So there's something happening here. There's a dynamic where as the husband is loving the wife, the wife is responding to that in submission. And it's not an oppressive thing. Now, unfortunately, throughout the long history of the church, people have misinterpreted Paul. They have misapplied his words. They have taken the idea of submission as a woman who is essentially a doormat and she's just there to be walked over. But again, know this, that that is not the biblical picture. The biblical picture of submission, and notice Paul says that this is fitting in the Lord. This is part of God's order. God is a God of order. We live in a very orderly universe and as a matter of fact, the, the order of the universe is one of those things that people these days are having to admit that maybe there has to be a God because you can't randomly have the kind of order that we have. Well, just as we have an orderly universe physically, so God has ordered life in such a way. And he has ordered things in a way that although men and women are on the level of their value, their dignity, and all of that, they're identical there's no difference. When God created, the Bible says in Genesis that God created man and it says then he created them male and female. And so male and female, total equality before before the Lord. But when it comes to purpose, God has set up the structure that the man is to lead and the woman is to follow. And so that orderly universe that we see It translates itself down into all different walks of life, even into life in the home. And so then Paul goes on and he says, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter or harsh 
toward them. Now, those of you that are familiar with your New Testament, you're going to remember that there's a similar passage in Ephesians. I mentioned this early on in our study of Colossians. There are some overlaps between what Paul writes to the Colossians and what he wrote to the Ephesians. And here's one place, but in his writing to the Ephesians, Paul elaborated more on this husband's love your wives. And so I want to read from Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 through 29, just to get the fuller picture of what Paul is saying. So husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. So wives submit to your husbands. Oh, that sounds a bit tough. But husbands love your wives. Okay, but what does that look like? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself. So Jesus is the example to us men, us husbands, of how we are to love our wives. We are to give ourselves for our wives. We're to love our wives as we love ourselves. As Paul says here, no one has ever hated his own body, but we nourish it, we take care of it. And so we're to do the same thing toward our wife. And like I said earlier, when we do that, it's the best possible world for both people. So For me to love my wife, it's the best thing I could do for her and for me. For her to submit to me, it's the best thing she can do for me and for her. Because again, God has set things up to to work in certain ways. And when we rebel against those things, when we resist those things, when we reject those things, as is commonly happening across the culture today, we find that although Initially, the promise is you're going to be free. It's going to be so much better. You're going to be uninhibited. You're going to be without restriction. You know, we find that that people that go down that road, they end up not so happy. And they end up with life not being anything like they thought it was going to be, or maybe they were promised it was going to be. You see, because if you're married, if you are a husband and a wife, then the only way to experience the real intention of God for marriage is to do what he says. And each of us are to do what he says. And so we have the word to the wives. We have the word to the husbands. As I said, this is about as unpopular a teaching as there could ever be today. This is one of those things that cause people to really chafe against what God's word says. That just reminds us of the fierce resistance in the human heart toward the way of God. But we always resist God's way to our own peril and ultimately to our own demise. So husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now he goes on and he speaks to children. Children, obey your parents in all things for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So this pleases the Lord. Children, obey your parents. I don't know how many children are listening to me right now. But if you're listening, know this, that 
Obedience to your parents is the way to a good life. It's the way to blessing and God wants you to be blessed. And God's given us parents to help guide us and to watch over us. Now we come to a certain age in life, you know, we enter into the teen years or whatever. And then we start to think our parents don't know anything. They're wrong. I know what's right. I know what's best. My friends, they're the people that I want to listen to. I want to do what they're going to do because that's where all the fun is. That's where all the good things are going to happen. And the truth of the matter is no, it doesn't work that way. And it's always hard for a younger generation to listen to an older generation. But a younger generation ought to listen to an older generation because an older generation used to be a younger generation. So you see, we lived through this and we thought the same things. When I was a young teenager, I thought my parents don't know anything. Why would I listen to what they think? They're outdated, they're old fashioned. But you know, as time went on in life, I realized, man, they knew a lot more than I thought they did. And had I taken their advice and either done the things they told me to do or not done the things that they told me not to do, things would have been so much better. And again, this is the way God has set it up. Now, let me say this. When we're talking about children obeying parents, we're talking about children who are under the authority of parents. And the reason I bring this up is because sometimes I get adults asking me about, you know, what is my relationship to my parents like now? Well, we want to honor our parents all throughout our lives. But of course, there comes a point where we're no longer under their authority. But if we are under their authority, we have to remember that God has set it up this way and they're looking out for our best interests. Now, maybe you're saying, well, my parents aren't Christians. And that's something to pray about for sure. But that doesn't mean that they don't love you. And it doesn't mean that they don't have your best in mind. And it very well could be that their advice and, and counsel and all that can be very helpful to you, even if they are not Christians at this point. So that's it. Just want to leave it at that. But this pleases the Lord. Remember that this pleases the Lord. When you obey your parents, and I, I'm even thinking of some 17, 18, 19 year olds, maybe you're still living at home and you know your parents are needing you to do things. They're wanting you to be helpful they're wanting you to just take some responsibility. You know, as you do that, that pleases the Lord. That's a way that you can please the Lord. And so he goes from children to speaking, not to parents collectively, but in this case, speaking to fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children. And the word provoke is also translated exasperate. Do not exasperate your children. How do we do that? Well, we do that by putting on them unreal expectations. We do that by constantly writing them and constantly degrading them perhaps or putting them down or making them feel like they're not living up to whatever standard it is that we have for them. Paul says, fathers, don't do that. Don't provoke them because this will break them. This will discourage them to the point sometimes of just giving up. And, you know, young people have given up on the faith at times because they felt that there was just absolutely no way to please their parent, that the standard was just higher than they could reach. And they were always being reminded about the fact that they were falling short. Those are all counterproductive ways to deal with our children. 
Do not be that parent that stumbles your children because you say one thing at church or you say one thing in the presence of other Christian people, but you live an entirely different and a negative life in their presence in the home. Do not be that person. You do not want to be that person. God wants your relationship with him to shine forth in the context of your marriage and your family relationship. And through that, he wants to bless you and bless your family and the successive generations that will come from your family. And so then moving on, Paul goes and he speaks of bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. So as I said, we're gonna look at this as the employee, employer, and once again, next time we'll look at it more specifically in relation to the issue of slavery. And it's an important time in history for us to address that and to understand just exactly what Uh, We're talking about when the Bible speaks of slaves and masters and so forth. But here, we're thinking in terms of those who are employed, the bond servants, and the masters would be the employers. So what, what does he say? Again, this is where our faith is to work itself out. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. So that means be a, a good employee. Um, and do it not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. In other words, don't just do it when somebody's watching. And so you want to either, you know, not get disciplined for bad behavior, or you want to make them think that you're actually working harder than you really are because they're watching. He says, don't do that. He says, do it as to the Lord. Remember the Lord is watching. And so you're doing your job. You're doing it for God, basically. And, and whatever job it is. And nowadays, of course, there's a lot of people that don't have a job. There, I just, I prayed with a few people today who asked specifically for prayer about a job. They need a job. They have been unemployed now for months and how they would just love to be back in that place. So, you know, having a job, getting a paycheck, that's a blessing. And we want to do our best uh, wherever we are because Remember, we are the representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through being faithful employees and hardworking and diligent employees, this is one of the ways that we are going to testify to the reality of who the Lord is and what he can do in a person's life. And so he, again, Paul reminds us that we're to do these things because we are serving the Lord. And then he says, but he who has done wrong or he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done and there is no partiality. So again, this is that judgment seat of Christ where we're gonna give an account. This is not a place where it's determined whether we go to heaven or not. That's determined by our trust in Christ. That's how we are given eternal life. But this is, Have I been faithful to what God has given me? And notice here again, the context is employment as an employee. So most people are going to serve Jesus Christ outside of the church. Most people are going to serve Jesus Christ out in the world. 
And this is a place where God is taking note of our service to him. And as we faithfully serve him out in the broad world that we live in and whatever way we do that, whatever calling, whatever occupation, vocation, whatever that is, that's a place where we serve the Lord. And if we do wrong, then the Lord is going to discipline us for that in some way. And so he reminds us that there's no partiality. And then final verse that we're looking at, he moves from the employee to the employer, the master. And he says, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And this is something that people in authority always have to be reminded of, that there's an authority above you. And that authority above you is God himself. And he's looking for justice. He's looking for fairness. So as you have a position of authority over other people, as you have a position of power over other people, you are never to abuse that. You're to bless people with that authority and that power because God himself takes all of that into account. And so Paul reminds the master, you have a master as well. So always keep that in mind as you deal with those who work for you or deal with those who serve you. So I want to close with a verse from 1 Peter. Peter puts it so beautifully. He says this, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to keep away from fleshly desires that do battle against the soul and maintain good conduct among non-Christians so that though they now malign you as evildoers. Wow, that was happening back in Peter's day. Non-Christians were maligning Christians as evildoers. More and more, we're hearing that, well, it's the Christians that are the problem and the Christians are the hypocrites and the Christians support this oppressive view and all of this kind of stuff. So point is, there's nothing new under the sun. It's, it's happened before, it's happening again. This is what he says. So that though they now malign you as evildoers, here's the key, they may see your good deeds and glorify God when he appears. See, this is how we put to silence this kind of stuff that is coming at the church today. We put it to silence by living our faith, by patiently, graciously, mercifully, lovingly, consistently living out our faith. And so life in the community of God, we saw that last time. Now here's where we take what we learn and what we glean and pick up as we gather and we take it out into the world. And boy, the world needs Jesus, right? The world just so desperately needs Jesus. Let's not give up hope because Christ is the answer. We know Christ. Let's let him work in us and let him work through us so that others might see the truth of the gospel, that others might see the goodness of the gospel and likewise put their hope and their trust in Jesus.
For the month of April, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, What God Has to Say About Our Bodies, How the Gospel is Good News for Our Physical Selves by Sam Albury. We live in a body that is subject to age, accidents, and ailments. Entire industries are built around the age of our body, the accidents we may face, and the ailments we eventually face through time and circumstance. So is there a purpose in the bodily brokenness we are either facing or will face in the future? Is physical death the temporal climax of our bodily existence? Or is the body just a shell from which we are to ultimately escape? If you've ever wrestled with any of these questions, or you know someone who wants to know more about the ultimate purpose of the body, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book, What God Has to Say About Our Bodies, How the Gospel is Good News for Our Physical Selves by Sam Albury, is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Colossians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.